Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Well, the South Louisiana weather has not been messing around. Man, it's been hot. As hot as hell outside. You know, I really don't ever want to find out if that's true. Like, if it's hot as hell outside. Some of y'all catch what I mean. Anyway, welcome back to the Clay Young Show. Glad to have you here. Another week, another fantastic guest, and lots to talk about here on podcast225.com and on iTunes. Thanks again for all of the all of you who subscribe to the show, all of you who listen every week for the comments that we get via Twitter or Facebook. Man, y'all are making this into something, right? Having a great time talking to people, getting requests from folks who want to come on the show and talk with you as an audience. And that makes me feel like we are providing a service to the public. So on iTunes, you can get the show there. Click the subscribe button. It goes into your iPad, your iPhone, or any Apple device. Of course, if, you, if you're a non-Apple user, you can just go to the podcast225.com site and link us, link up with us there. Uh, what's in the news lately? Well, on the national front, Donald Trump is in the news. We spoke about Trump last week with Richard Condon when he was here. And I think we both agree that Trump is fascinating because he says exactly what's on his mind. You know the thing about saying exactly what's on your mind? Is sometimes the things that you think, when you say them, you realize almost immediately that you should have kept that to yourself. Am I the only one who thinks that way? Probably not. Going after John McCain, as Donald Trump did recently here, was probably not the smartest thing. Now, make no mistake about it. Trump is ahead in the polls because he is a spectacle. He is something to watch. You don't know what the man is going to say. He goes to the podium. He's unscripted. And sometimes I don't think he knows what he's going to say. He's been a phenomenally, phenomenally successful businessman. He has been a pretty successful media mogul. And he doesn't really care if you like him or hate him, if you compliment him or criticize him. He just wants you to be able to remember him. And that's the mark of any great showman. And that's what Trump is. The fact that he's in this race is actually terrifying, I would imagine, to a great number of Republicans because Trump has the capacity to self-fund. If he isn't the Republican nominee, he can run for president as a third-party candidate. And I was telling someone this the other day, that do you realize if Trump runs as a third-party candidate, this could be like a repeat of the 92 elections? Almost. You can have a Clinton, a Bush, and a third-party candidate. And just as in the case of Bill Clinton, George H.W. Bush, and Ross Perot, the advantage goes to the Clinton. Because Trump is going to pull more votes away from the Republican than he is from the Democrat. So I think people are worried about that. Now, it's July of 2015. The election is in November of 2016. A heck of a lot can happen between now and then. So I don't think it's safe to make any real declarations about anything. Although my gut tells me, as I say, don't make declarations. I'm just telling you what I feel. Not that this is a guarantee that I think it's likely to end up being Hillary Clinton 
versus Jeb Bush next year. We'll see what happens. More people are getting into the race on the Republican side. I think it's up to like 16 now. And I think it's three or four on the Democratic side. Let's see. There is um, Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, and I forget the lady's name who's who's considered uh, being a candidate, which shows you how closely I'm paying attention to it. Because the, the elections, hell, it's almost a year and a half away. Why should I care about it right now? I mean, if Trump wasn't doing what he's doing, nobody would really be paying attention to this right now. The dude actually gave out Lindsey Graham's cell phone number. U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham, Donald Trump gave out his cell phone number live at a rally, and the rally was being televised as well. Gave it out, read it from a card. I mean, there's just no holds barred with this guy. Okay, so that's one thing going on right now. Uh, As we uh, sit and record this open for this show, there is a, a situation in Texas involving a black female who was pulled over by a white police officer and an argument ensued in the car. The argument continued after she was out of the car. She ended up being taken into custody, taken to prison. And the I think Houston Police Department says she hung herself. Her family is saying she did not hang herself. And I don't know what the deal is there. So I'm not even going to wade into that without any real evidence, because I think sometimes it's a trap one way or the other. Of course, the family says they do not believe she would have taken her own life. The police department is saying there's no way they would have murdered her. So I'm just going to let this one play out. But I will say this. Anytime people in positions of authority misuse their authority to the detriment of the general public, it deserves our attention. And something should be done about it. So if a police officer kills someone, okay, and it's in negligence or in the misusing of their authority, we should deal with that person. Having said that, why the hell don't we pay as much attention to when crimes happen in the inner city and the people, the perpetrator and the victim are of the same race. You know what? Black lives do matter. All lives matter. Black lives, white lives, Hispanic lives, Italian lives. Doesn't really matter what your ethnicity is. Your life ought to matter. And I will start taking a lot of this more seriously when we can sit down and have a serious conversation about what goes on on both sides of the spectrum. Because I think we, we get it. The, the immediate reaction after the heinous crime, the murder of these people in South Carolina was an outpouring of emotion from the public on behalf of the victims and the victims' families. And then we just kind of left that discussion and started talking about a flag. This thing in Houston is getting a block top of the news attention right now. And it should. We should find out what really happened. It deserves the attention. But where I am in Baton Rouge in the last seven days, there have been like three murders. And it's like, ah, well, no big deal. 
Shooting in the hood, what else is new? See, when that stuff starts getting the attention that these other stories do, then, then you'll make me believe that something's going to change. Until it's considered standard operating, until it isn't considered standard operating procedure for people in the hood to just whack one another willy-nilly, until people start giving a crap about that, or still there are marches in city. Like I saw that there's going to be like a take our city back march in Baton Rouge. And it's going to be from the old governor's mansion to, I think, the Capitol. I can dig it. If you're going to go out there and march, especially with it being 99 degrees outside, more power to you. Got no issue with it. But the marches probably ought to be in the hood where a lot of the crime is going on and the people who live there are afraid to say something about it. And I think it should involve everybody. Black people, white people, old people, young people. We all have to care. But until that happens, you know. So that's just one person's opinion. All lives matter. All lives matter. I'm just saying. And that includes black lives. There should be no more or no less attention paid to a story when someone loses their life unnecessarily. Because otherwise it would make some of us hypocrites, right? Just saying. All right, our guest on this week's show, for those of you who are still listening, is Patrick Mulhern, who is the executive director of the Celtic Movie Studio in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This is a massive facility that sits right inside of the city. So many people don't even know it's there. And some major, major productions have come out of that studio. He's going to talk with you about what they do there, stories about some of the celebrities who've been on site. Uh, He's going to talk about the tax credits in Louisiana, how it's impacted the state, whether or not we have a workforce for the film industry here. There are a couple of projects that are going on right now and a couple that are on the horizon. He's going to tell you all about that. Coming up next, Patrick Mulhern with the Celtic Movie Studio is our guest on The Clay Young Show here on podcast225.com. Back in a moment. There is nothing like sitting outside in the evening, enjoying time in the backyard or on the patio or in the courtyard, and just relaxing after a long day. But that relaxation is often interrupted by this intruder. That's right, mosquitoes. They make me sick. And for some of you, they make you literally sick. Don't suffer anymore. Do what I do. Go to Pest Stop Do-It-Yourself Pest Control and get rid of your mosquito problem. Free your yard from these annoying pests. At Pest Stop, they can get rid of your mosquito problem just like that. Here's John Conroy to tell you where they are. Well, at Metairie, we're at 3512 Severne Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's in the same shopping center as Sherwin-Williams. On the West Bank, we're on La Palco, just past the Harvey Bridge. And in Baton Rouge, we're at 806 O'Neill Lane. Use what the pros use at Pest Stop. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show. Back with Patrick Mulhern, who is the guy who operates the Celtic Production Studio in Baton Rouge. Now, Patrick, uh, we were talking before we started the show about Celtic. It broke ground, you were just telling me, in 2006. Is that right? 
That, that's right. I mean, if you want to go all the way back in time, mm-hmm. um, you know, once upon a time, Master P was going to have the No Limit Records headquarters. And that piece that's of r- I forgot that. Okay. Yes. So that was in the late 90s. And he sort of abandoned the project then. The place sat empty for you know at least five or six years. Uh, and a man named Brendan O'Connor, who had a company called uh, Celtic Marine, or we still have Celtic Marine here uh, in town. And uh, he saw an opportunity and he, you know, he jumped on it and, um, you know, what once was an eyesore that was full of graffiti and yeah. wild animals and things like that. He right. turned it into a, a really a, a heck of a studio. It's interesting because there's so, people know maybe a little bit more about it now because of where it is, but it's on a it's in a part of Baton Rouge on Blue Bonnet where for years people passed it and never knew that that's this right. was a major production production studio. Used to be hidden behind the old Coca-Cola plant. That's exactly right. Well, now that's gone because there's a... Uh, con- uh, uh, Costco in near there now, right? That's right. If you go to Costco, you can't miss us. So when you started, what was the biggest project in the beginning? What was the first big movie or movie that became big that kind of put Celtic on the map? Yeah, sure. It was uh, Battle Los Angeles. Um, <clears throat> I remember Aaron Eckhart, right? That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, Michelle Rodriguez. I was actually working at the state film office, mm-hmm. um, and the gentleman that was there uh, had come in from LA and he'd moved to Baton Rouge and I think he kind of felt like a fish out of water yeah and, and he decided to leave and and when he did I was just kind of joking with him I was like well can I have your old gig <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said I think that's a great idea and the next thing you know I'm, I'm interviewing for the job next thing you know I got it and uh, so I I was coming on board as Battle Los Angeles was moving in right and uh, yeah big let's say about a 70 million dollar Columbia Sony uh, yeah project. it was a big deal saw the movie it was well well done I mean Lots of action. Let's talk a little bit with us about what Celtic is. I mean, obviously movies are done there, but you do, you've do you done television shows. Yeah. Uh, you have been a stopgap for cable networks who have needed to get some shooting done, right? Sure. So kind of talk us through what Celtic does on a day-to-day basis. You know, we, uh, we facilitate production. That's what we do. We don't actually make our own films. Right, right. We don't make our own TV shows. Right. But we facilitate it for everyone else. And so it's everything. Facilitating mean, meaning? That's where you go to shoot. You okay. know, and, and not just that. It's not just the stage space. I mean, we have over two dozen tenant companies that are out there 365 days a year that cater to the film industry, not just catering, but cater to be different uh, aspects, everything from grip and lighting. We have lawyers, accountants, um, I mean, you name it, trucks, all the services that you need to make a film you can find out there. Um, so it's kind of like a full service facility, but it's almost kind of like a mini mall of filmmaking. I mean, it's all these right, different businesses, right. you know, a lot of creative uh, companies, um, you know, again, some of them actually are putting out their own product, like active entertainment. I don't know if you saw Swamp Shark, Swamp Shark, no. like, excuse me, or Ghost Shark, or Ghost actually, shark. excuse me, the one that uh, actually aired last night on the Sci Fi yeah, Channel, Flynn, Zomb- Zombie Shark. Z- do you yeah. know last evening? First, Flynn Foster, who's one of the owners of Guarantee yeah. Media, was in the movie. Someone asked last night on Twitter, "Was that me?" Talking about me in the movie. I said, nope, not me. Nobody called me you to be in the well movie. You very well could have been if you wanted to. I know those guys. Oh, really? <laughs> so I don't know what the person was doing, but they thought it was me because they knew they used local people. <laughs> How does it pay? We'd have to talk about that off the <laughs> right. air. That's right. So, so you facilitate movies, yeah. uh, television shows, and you have editing bays there as well. Yeah, we do have post. We have a, a heck of a screening room there. It's a 50 seat theater. I've uh, seen it. It's got the whole Dolby certification. Yeah. It's got the, you have a 35 millimeter projector that's just collecting dust because nobody shoots on 35 anymore. But right. You've got the, you know, the 2K digital projector, and that's kind of what everybody uses. And I always like to say the best part about the 2K is it's hooked up to 
cable so we can watch football. Sure. <laughs> okay, now I need to call you during football season. <laughs> Let me a, write that down. Best away game venue in town. That, 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 there you go. So, and for you, your official title is? Yeah, I'm the executive director. The executive director. Now, he says that. I've heard him say I'm like the landlord here. He's like the, he's like the man who keeps everything together. You have how many employees? Oh, goodness. I think we have about 13 on our payroll. 13 employees on your payroll, yeah. and you manage uh, a facility that is how many square feet? How, how massive is it? Yeah, let's see. So we've got 150,000 square feet of stage space. Right. Uh, we've got about 100,000 square feet of office space. And then we've got now another 50,000 of just kind of warehouse and support space. Sure, sure. So. And then your team does what for people? I mean, you're working as liaison when they come in. What What are you doing? I mean, on the most basic level, we're like landlords. We're property okay. managers. Yeah, okay? yeah, you yeah. Know, I mean, you know, you're, you're, something's broken or whatever. We have to fix it for you. But... It's bigger than that. I mean, you know, we, there's one guy on staff, I call him the uncredited producer, because okay. when they come to town, they uh, are looking for different things. They're you know, looking mm-hmm. for housing. They're looking for equipment. They're looking for locations. And we assist them with everything. We, we, we can be as involved or uninvolved as they want us to be. I mean, we, we do a lot of handholding for these things. And so, um, you know, we are just sort of like this uh, uh, middleman for the community in some senses. I mean, you know, right. we, if production is looking for something, we know who to call. Um, and, you know, again, sometimes these people are looking for work or whatever. And, you know, we've uh, had crew shortages here and we've, we've helped a lot of people find jobs. I mean, that's not really, please don't everybody bombard us with resumes. But that's, you know, again, working with LSU, working with Southern sure. uh, BRCC. I mean, you know, again, we like, we like uh, connecting people. I mean, it's a great opportunity for a lot of people. So the way the process works is what I kind of want to talk about as well. So a production company, they want to produce a film and they're looking for venues around the globe and you are in the say top three and someone from the production company or someone from the money people or whoever, who, who calls Celtic to start the dialogue? Well, I think it all starts with the budgeting process. Okay. Okay. And so, um, you know, let's be honest. I mean, half the time they're in LA and they're, Mm -hmm. they're saying, okay, we've got this big project. Where are we going to do this? Right. And so they always, I mean, Louisiana is in the top five every single time, it seems like. Yeah. They always budget for, okay, well, let's run a scenario for Louisiana, okay? When they determine, you know what, this film would make more sense to do in Louisiana, then they say, okay, well, where are we going to shoot it in Louisiana? And then they start looking at what are the venues, mm-hmm. you know? And um, obviously, we have the largest uh, design-built studio in Louisiana right yeah. now. I mean, technically, you have to go as far east as Atlanta uh, and as far west as Albuquerque to find a larger design. Wow. So... So we've got stage space on our side. Sure. You know, it's a huge draw. And with with the the burgeoning digital aspect of film now, it I would imagine gets around the hurdles we face not having so many metropolitan areas in our state where you can shoot in larger states like Texas and being the being these downtown areas that are so dynamic versus here where we don't have a whole lot of that. So how does that play a part in the kinds of movies that come here that need city scenes? Well, you know, the nice thing is that Baton Rouge downtown can play a lot of different things. You really? Know? I mean, I've seen it set dressed for Hong Kong. I've seen it. Really? I've seen it play for New York. I've seen, you know, I mean, it's amazing what your mind will do. When you when say you set a- dress, what do you mean? Oh, they'll they'll take existing signs like on Third Street and they'll put you know Chinese writing on them and uh, you know I mean it, it's amazing what like Battleship for example that's yes what, you know and if yeah. you're watching that you're like oh my God that's Third Street that's exactly right and, yeah uh, you could pick it out uh, that's right so you know again that's what they they pay people 
big bucks to right. figure out how do I set dress this to look at make it look like blank, you know? And those guys work hard. I could remember one morning being downtown at the Camelot Club for breakfast and looking out of the window and seeing them filming something for Battle Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, and you, to see it all happening, they're working really hard, but there's so many people on the other side of the camera you can't imagine how many people it takes to make a scene work. It's a small army. It yeah. really is. I mean, <clears throat> you know, when they come to town, uh, I mean, obviously we see how many hotel rooms they book. And, right. And, um, you know, but but if you're the caterer or you're the guy who's supplying the food for the caterer, I mean, you you feel it all immediately because mm-hmm. there's just so many people that, that it takes. For this. We, have a, we have a commissary, an area. And, again, we're, we're dealing with the bones that Master P left. left right, us in. right, right, right. And the, the area that's supposed to be the commissary – has a, a fire code capacity of about 110 people, you know, and, and the thing is, is it's too small for most of the productions we get. I mean, right. You know, when we're talking 250, sometimes to 500 people, uh, you know, again, they have to cater in a tent or cater on a stage because sure. we just don't have the room in our commissary. So what's been the biggest movie so far that has come out of Celtic? You know, I think, do you want to talk budget-wise? But Well, budget-wise. I mean, let's, let's start with budget, yeah. and then we can talk about impact after it hit theaters. Because a big budget in production sure. doesn't always mean a movie is going to make a lot at the box. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, as far as productions go, Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Parts 1 and 2 was considered one production because they shot back-to-back. Wow. Okay, so. never, I've never seen either of them. I think there have been three of them. <laughs> I've not four seen five, them. four know. or five. I no. know. I've not seen not any my of cup them. of tea. No, 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 no. And, and I hate to admit it. I still haven't seen the last one. But uh, and even though a lot of it was shot at Celtic, I but guess I'd have to start with just... the first one before I got to the last one. And I really, by the way, it's not on my to do list. <laughs> I'm right there with <laughs> Being you, that I'm not a teenage girl, a teenage I probably girl. yeah, it's Abs- fine. Uh, you know. Exactly. There's one song that came out of the movie that uh, that I've heard a lot. That's okay, but I won't announce what it is because I won't tell people. Yeah. And no, Zoe, you can't guess what it is. My intern is in here with us as we do this. Go ahead. You know, the coolest thing for me about that was there's a guy named uh, Rami. I'm blanking on his last name now. But uh, there's a show on, on USA called Mr. Robot right now. And it is just, it's excellent. I mean, it's really? just the writing. I mean, it's just so, so good. Yeah. And, and this kind of guy who's maybe kind of a minor character on Twilight. Yeah. It's one of the few guys that like, I actually like sat around and talked to, you right. know, and just nice, nice guy, you know, and now, now he's this huge star of the show. Right. You know? and, and so anyway, I think that's kind of cool that like, you know, you can say, Oh, I, I knew them when or whatever. But the big, but budget wise Twilight, you're saying was the biggest. Yeah. Budget wise Twilight, then probably followed by battleship battleship. Yeah. And, and so now flipping ahead to movies that were moderately budgeted, but that actually, ended up being hits at the box office what would lead that because twilight was a hit as well twilight was that our series hit. yeah um you know i think i, I saw a, a list of the the biggest budgeted or um i think it was a, a rundown of all the the projects they've shot in louisiana what was had the biggest box office and mm-hmm. um, number 10 was oblivion so with Tom uh, Cruise, yeah so, i saw that that's actually yeah. that was actually well done in fact when you gave me a tour there a couple of years back or so. I got to see parts of the set, the the uh, the, the library in New York, uh, the the spaceship that he was on. I was oh, telling yeah. the ladies about that yesterday, and that leads me to another question. There have been major Hollywood celebrities here in Baton Rouge. Sure. For I mean, that movie alone had both Tom Cruise and Morgan Freeman in it, right. who were both here in town. What do they say if you have the chance to either talk with them or hear from the people around them? What are they saying about Baton Rouge? To be honest with you, they love it. Yeah. Um, for a couple of We're weeks. not a starstruck town. No, we're not. And that's yeah. just it. Is they can be real human beings. Yeah. Here. I mean, they yeah. can go out and chances are they're not going to get 
hounded by people. No, uh, I mean, we don't do that. Right, we don't do that, and, and we don't have paparazzi chasing you. No. You know, I mean, if you're Tom Cruise and you go out in L.A., I mean, just the flashbulbs start going off. Yeah. You know, I mean. I hear he loved Pizza Kitchen right here at Perkins Row, and he, he was, was always, always in another in, broken egg. Always in another broken egg and at Whole Foods all the time. Yeah, he, uh, he, you know, at the time he was married to Katie Holmes. That's right. And, 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 and you could see them walking around the LSU lakes just like, mm-hmm. as a, any, like any other normal family, which, right. is, which is fantastic. Um, you know, w- one time I was at um, Tsunami, and the cast from Twilight was sitting behind me. I didn't realize it, you know. And, but every now and then somebody would come up, and, and you could hear them and, like, ask for a photograph or a selfie or whatever, you know. Man, I couldn't pick them out <laughs> if one of them walked into here yeah, right no, now. I'm the same, I'm the same way. <laughs> That's a shame. Yeah. But, but they were like, everybody kept saying, who's that sitting behind you? I was like, I don't even want to turn around. No. I don't care. No. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. So now what, what's been the biggest, okay, someone expected a movie was going to be a big one, and then it flopped. Anything that you can think about? Uh, you know, I mean, technically, I don't think Battleship did as well as it should have. Uh, I mean, again, they put a lot of money into yeah. the, the marketing on that, and, you know, it was a big-budget film. That movie was in what, 20-what? Oh, gosh, 2011? Was it, the, was it the same year of yeah. one of those Transformer movies? Um, probably because yeah. everything got crushed that year. That's by that what movie. happens again. It's yeah. all timing. It's, yeah. it's, you know, you can have a, I mean, let, let's look at uh, this past weekend, Ant-Man, you know? Yeah. How'd that um, do? I think it did. Okay, okay. But it didn't do as well as they had hoped. Yeah. I, I can't see myself was, going to see that. It was excellent. I, I really did. Did you see it? it? Was funny. it good? Absolutely. Good. Was it? It, it, it was well done. Uh, you know, the action was great, but the, the comedy behind it was amazing. So me. it was comedy. It was a, it's the funniest Marvel movie so far. Oh, well, Guardians of the Galaxy is a close second. I haven't seen that. Yeah. I haven't seen that. But I hear it's it's very well done. They're both very well done. How are we doing? What are, how do you go about it? Is this something that's a part of what you do? Trying to attract big production companies to Baton Rouge. Do you have a, a an arm in your office that deals with, hey, wooing people to come here? <laughs> I guess I'm the wooer. You are the wooer. Yeah. Not a bad um, job to have. <laughs> well, somebody's going to do it. Yeah. You, you know, um, it's kind of like there are only so many places in the world that are like Celtic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you, again, you have to go as far east as Atlanta, as far west as Albuquerque. So that's a big, you know, a chunk of territory. Right. Um, and so that doesn't go unnoticed. Um, Louisiana's incentives have not gone unnoticed. I mean, obviously, right. you know, we've had this program for over a decade and, you know, the secret's more than out. And right, so, right. again, that's what causes them to want to budget for Louisiana. Like, hey, let's figure out, can we do this in Louisiana? Uh, the incentives are, are great. And, what we've done over time is we've built up infrastructure like Celtic, and we've got mm-hmm. all this equipment here now, and we've got people. We've got crew, seasoned right. crew. I mean, yeah. when you think about it, we, two years in a row, we had two films that were nominated for Best Picture. You know, I think one year it was Django Unchained. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Dallas Buyers Club. That's right. And then, um, of course, um, was Beast, the, excuse me, Beast of the Southern Wild. Was the butler done here? The butler was done here as well. The butler was done here. I saw a list of some of the movies that I actually did not know. Because, I mean, I don't keep up a lot about where movies were filmed. Yeah. Obviously, when movies are going on and they're being filmed here, you see it because of the local news. Sure. Or, and, you know, and I don't do, while I'm on social media, I'm, I'm not addicted to it every second. Right. But you often hear people saying, hey, I ran into so-and-so, uh, you know, downtown or whatever. We're, we're taking it for granted, I think. You know, I, I mean, there are a lot of places that would kill for to that have kind of exposure and to have that, you know, that kind of excitement. And, uh, but really, that kind of economic impact. I mean, that's what's so big. It's just the money that they're pumping into local businesses sure. and hotels and restaurants and dry cleaners. I mean, you name it. Uh, so that, that's why, you know, 
why do we have incentives? Because it's worth it. You know? What does it take to operate a place like Celtic? You talk, talked about having about 13 full-time employees there, but it's got to be a massive undertaking. Even though it's just a facility, you've got rental space, basically, that people come in and they can lay hold of while they're there. But I would imagine it takes a great deal of resources to operate and maintain a place that large. Oh, there's no question. I mean, we have a tremendous power bill. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, we have to have uh, round-the-clock security 24-7. Yeah. Um, I was know, going to ask about that. Sometimes we have several, uh, you know, people on staff uh, for security. depends on what's going on. Um, you know, again, you have to have cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny because we've had some pretty high-profile projects with high-profile people, and it's, it costs us to install camera after camera. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, but, I mean, you think about um, it. Because of where it is in town, mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of traffic. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily sit like in the middle of downtown. It's kind of out of the way, to be honest with you, with where it is in this city. Yeah. And then where the guard shack is, because it's like basically one way in, one way out. Um, I hadn't yeah, been there in a couple of years. Got so. a couple of exits, but the the you know the, the key is that's what they're kind of paying for is that yeah. privacy, that yeah. security, that um, you know again you can shoot in a warehouse. Uh, you know anybody right. can shoot in a warehouse, right? But um, you know again you don't get the amenities that uh, come with uh, a place like Celtic. I mean, it's designed built uh, these high ceilings that we have on the stages. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you're coming down Blue Bonnet, you see the top of stage five peeking up over the trees. Yep, uh, that's right. And, uh, you know, that's that, that particular stage has uh, 70 foot ceilings. I mean, you know, 70 so, foot ceilings 70 feet to the peak. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, was Skeleton Key shot here? Not that's from a few years ago. Rouge, I, I know that it was in Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it seems like maybe it was in Homa. Or, I don't know. Yeah. I was I was just in Homa last week. That was I actually enjoyed that movie. It's kind of didn't do terribly well, but uh, yeah. I forget the name of the actress who was in it. Oh, look, we've had some amazing films shoot in Louisiana. We just if you just go back and look at what's come through over the past decade or more. I mean, look, 12 Years a Slave, one best picture. That's what that was the other one that was that was done here. That's exactly. Right. Was that in Celtic almost it, exclusively or it, what? No, it was not actually. I mean, just that, in Louisiana. It was in Louisiana. It was mostly in the New Orleans area. The River Parishes, I guess. Uh, yeah. We talk yeah. about St. Charles, uh, St. James, uh, or St. John, uh, that, that area. And we were talking off the air about this show that I'm, I'm a little behind on, God Bless DVR, Zoo by James. It, well, it's, it's an adaptation of a book by James Patterson, and they're filming it here in Louisiana. At least, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's partially or totally in Louisiana, but I... I know that it's it's, it's mostly yeah. mostly in Louisiana. So attracting and you are, you've already talked about this, but I want to revisit it in attracting movies like that, you know, productions like that. Is it now where we are in the top tier of, of locations when people are saying, OK, where can we do this? And then we are at the top of the list or are we becoming like this? Are we the secondary choice, if that makes any sense? You know, it all depends on what your measuring stick is. And in, okay. tw- in 2013, they used a measuring stick that was really about what found uh, theatrical distribution. Right. Okay? And when they did that, it turned out Louisiana was number one. Okay. Hmm. I mean, we actually beat out California, New York, Canada, Great Britain, right. Georgia. We beat them all in 2013 for whatever reason. Now, they went back and used that same measuring stick again last year, and we'd fallen to like five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it sometimes is the luck of the draw of what's getting shot there, and and one trend that we're seeing is Louisiana is getting more scripted television. Right. Than, for instance, what? 
You mean like sit, uh, situation comedies or dramas? Well, I mean, in Celtic what? right now, we have uh, Scream that's on MTV. Uh, Scream? Scream, the TV series. Like after yeah. the movie? After the movie. Wow. Yeah, they're doing okay. the, the TV version of that. Had uh, about a six million dollars, uh, excuse me, six million viewers the first week. Really? Which is pretty, pretty good for a summer series. Uh, and that, that, that franchise has got to be 20 years old or more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember from the 90s. Yeah. It's really, really good, too. Yeah. Uh, what else? Any? So we have that. Um, Underground, which is a lot, few people have heard of it at this point um, yeah. because it hasn't aired. Um, this is a new series that's going to air on WGN. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony's producing it. Um, Underground is about the Underground Railroad. So yeah. it's a period piece. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, I think that uh, it's a, it's going to be a drama. If I'm not mistaken, I think Kanye is doing some like, Kanye music. West He's doing some of the music. Dang, the yeah. IQ of Louisiana is going to go down when he's here. <laughs> I think it's just music. Uh, Kanye that's West. Of, but again, if he brings his wife, it'll go down twice. But but what, what I'm told is it's going to be kind of a cutting edge period piece. Yeah. You know? And um, you know, right now on WGN, you have a show called Salem. I've uh, seen the uh, the the ads for that or promotionals for that and that's shot in Shreveport Louisiana I mean a lot of people are like who knew there um, is I saw that there is like a sound stage or something in Shreveport I was there a couple of weeks ago and yeah. I got a chance to see that there did not know that that was there it's smaller than the ones here they but actually they have more than have one the, uh yeah Millennium Studios up that's there. the one that yeah. we saw yeah, yeah. yeah. Millennium uh, and built in the old uh, Ledbetter Heights neighborhood yeah you know yeah uh, Near downtown. Near, near downtown, that's mm-hmm. exactly right. Um, it's a fabulous facility. And uh, Millennium is a little different from Celtic in the sense that they actually turn out their own product. So, uh, like, you Have you ever like thought about that? Expendables? We have, you know, and, you know, maybe we get closer every day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, this law that passed uh, this past Well, we're going to get to that because, I, I, you know, I know we're going to spend a substantial amount of time on that, but I did want to spend some time talking about Celtic, what it's done and what it's doing, because so few people know about it. And people hear about movies being shot here after they've been done or if there's a celebrity sighting. But right. there have been times that movies have been in and out of here and no one even knew. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, sometimes that's a, a good thing. Um, I mean, again, we don't necessarily want the public. I mean, when the Twilight cast was here, for sure. example, there were one or two creative gate crashers. I'll put it like that. Really? Uh, How did uh, they know? How did they know to be oh, there? Oh, trust me, with social media. Well, I mean, yeah, and the yeah. teenagers, man. Uh, they so they loved that. Twi-hards. Twi- <laughs> Twi-moms. twi Twy moms. Yeah. You know, that sounds like that could be a very interesting discussion to have, but uh, we'll skip it. So for another day. So th- those series, any other series or movies in the works that you can tell us about? Well, you know, I mean, just statewide. You think about it, NCIS New Orleans is yes. a huge. Uh, and CBS is pretty committed to that franchise. They are. Yeah. CBS is pretty committed to Louisiana. I mean, people don't yeah. realize that several shows uh, that have aired on like USA Common Law, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, they've since been canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but CBS is taking a shine to Louisiana. One of the things that, you know, it's funny, one of the, the, the top execs at CVS uh, had his daughter going to LSU. And, really? Uh, you know, I mean, again, people that do spend time here end up falling in love with the place. You know, well, it's, it's hard not to. The food's I, amazing. No and the people, like I said, we're not starstruck here. You run into celebrities and they can go about their way without being, you know, really accosted by anybody here. We don't do that. Maybe Les Miles has to worry about <laughs> being stopped in grocery stores, but not really many other people. Yeah, that's so the tax credit issue, the way that the tax credit incentives started in 2000, 2000 I think they passed it in 2002 and it kind of went into effect in 2003. 2003. And it is we give tax incentives on dollars spent here in Louisiana. That's right. And it has been as much as 250 million and change. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been that much in a year. It's it, on average. It's been over 200 million dollars the last several years. 
the legislature initially said cap it at 200 and then the the house said that and then the senate said well let's cap it at 180 million for the year that's all projects for the year correct right, yeah and they said that not only going forward, but for those who are sitting on tax credits as we speak, this now applies to you as well. Right. Is that is that a good explanation of what happened? Yeah. Again, there are two different kinds of caps. We were talking about an annual cap. One is, is called an issuance cap. And mm-hmm. One of them would be a redemption or a So let's explain cap. the two for, for the average person listening here or, or re- re- explain what you mean. Well, let's think of it like a checkbook. Right. Okay? If I'm writing checks, okay, I can issue them all day long. Now, the question is, is the, is the bank going to honor it? Right. Right. <laughs> is there money in the yeah. account? Right. Yeah. And so that's the problem is that we've got this back end cap that you could actually reach the $180 million limit and the state say, sorry, we're not going to honor it. Well, the the argument made by and let's talk about this from people on, say, the opposite side, the opposition side says, and I've had this conversation with many people, we don't see the benefit for what we're giving up in tax revenue. Right. We don't see the jobs. We don't see the growth. We don't see the ROI, the return on investment for this. And we've been doing it long enough now to see a large return on investment. Your response to that would be what? Uh, if you've got the t- time, I'm going to go take you, know, you all. We, we, I'm going to take you all, all the way back. So, we have as so much we time as we need. It's kind of like, why are we doing this to right. begin with? What, okay. what, why did we start doing this? Okay. Let's go all the way back to the 90s. Um, if you'll remember, there were times when we had uh, years that, gosh, we, we went back and looked. There maybe a dozen projects would have qualified for tax credits if we had had a tax credit system mm-hmm. in place. Um, New Orleans started to build a crew base. I mean, we start thinking about like Steel Magnolias, uh, JFK. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a show called The Big Easy. I mean, you know, there, yeah. there was a, there was an activity happening in the '90s, and then it started to dwindle as we got towards like '99, uh, 2000. I mean, I think we actually got blanked. We didn't have anything uh, that would have qualified for mm-hmm. tax incentives, and so everybody's like, "Well, you know, what happened?" Well, blame Canada. Canada came up with this incentive system, and what they call runaway production productions that would shoot outside of California, and New York, just had a beeline for uh, for Vancouver, for Toronto, for Montreal. And, uh, you know, again, the reason why they came up with this system was to compete with Canada, okay? And so they passed what back then it was actually a, um, a 15% tax credit, okay? And this 15% tax credit um, was on anything. You could spend the money outside of Louisiana and they right. would give you a tax credit, which is, in my opinion, not a smart way to do things. No. But it's like throwing gasoline on the fire. Mm-hmm. So people, they started coming here. So whereas New Orleans used to always stars, New Orleans, suddenly it started um, – you know, doubling for places, it's mm-hmm. doubling for Milwaukee, it's doubling for New York. And so here in Baton Rouge, we started seeing a little bit of activity. We had uh, Dukes of Hazard, we had yes. uh, All the King's Men, and then Katrina happened. And yeah. that really sort of changed everything. Because yeah. again, this this industry that was basically a New Orleans industry started yeah. to branch out because it had they had to. They couldn't get back into New Orleans. So that's when Shreveport came up. I want to come back to all the King's men. Talk about a movie that had about as star studded a lineup as you can ever imagine that did <laughs> squat <laughs> at the box office. Everyone from Sean Penn to Jim Gandolfini, Jude, Jude Law, just Man, Miller, yeah. and it was a good movie, I thought. But man, it did squadoosh at the box. <laughs> it's all about uh, demand. You know? I mean, wow. Not sure how they marketed Even it. Even had Sean Penn singing Every Man a King in the movie. I was like, what the heck? Anyway, go on. You finish your story. I'm so, sorry. Okay, my point was this. The reason why we came up with it um, is because we're trying to diversify Louisiana's economy. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. This is an oil and gas state. And, you know, we've got seafood and we've got, you know, tourism to a certain extent, you know. But... 
you know, we have most of our eggs in one basket. And if you're creative, I mean, if you're creative back in 2000, where were you going to work? You know, I mean, right. it's kind of like me. I mean, you could work in local TV, work in local right. radio, whatever. Chances are you're going to have to like move to Texas or mm-hmm. move to California or New York. And so we've just been hemorrhaging young people um, for, for years. And so that's the reason why they came up with these incentives. And again, it was to fight fire with fire against mm-hmm. Canada. Okay, so suddenly this thing explodes and people don't realize just like, oh, my gosh, uh, Louisiana is a good fit for, right, for Hollywood. Right. I mean, and, uh, you know, again, we have mild winners. We right. have, uh, you know, lots of assets. Yeah, I mean, yeah. people, they like coming here. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, again, it's cheaper. I mean, our cost of living here is a fraction of what it is in L.A. or New York. Absolutely. You know, so there are a lot of positives that the industry saw here. And just over time, again, we start building up crew. We mm-hmm. start building up infrastructure. And so, you know, again, when we talk about the, the cost to taxpayers and the cost to the state budget, okay, let's look at it like this. These are tax credits, okay? So some people say, well, they're, they're just this big giveaway. Well, that's, how do you define a giveaway? Because they don't get anything until they prove they spent money in our yeah. local economy. Again, they have to prove that they dumped money into East It's kind of like Rouge a Street. rebate, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, again, there's just, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars are getting spent in Louisiana. And so as a reward for spending that money, they're getting this tax credit. Now, if they had tax liability in Louisiana, they could use that dollar for dollar against their tax liability. Mm -hmm. But let's say you're Warner Brothers and maybe you don't have a lot of liability here. So these are transferable tax credits. Mm -hmm. And so again, if I'm, if I'm Clay Young, you You can buy them and then transfer them to someone else. You can buy them. If if you've got tax liability, you know, which I had gotten on that a long time ago, (laughs) (laughs) bought them and sold them. It is a great way to reduce what you would normally pay the state of Louisiana. It it really is. And so, and honestly, you know, I'm not going to say they're like war bonds, but if Mm -hmm. you're a buyer of tax credits, you're basically supporting the industry. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, so you're saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to reduce my own liability. And at the same time, you know, make this place more attractive for productions to come. And so that system has been going on for a while. So, you know, let's be honest, in 2013, they talked about getting rid of income tax altogether. Yeah. You know? And so this is an income tax credit. So at the, what we're doing here is we're actually just offsetting income tax. Right. Okay. Right. And so, um, I mean, it's everybody from dentists to doctors to, you know, fortune 500 companies that buy these, these tax credits, you know? And so, um, you know, again, when we start looking at the overall cost, we'll say, well, I can't believe that we issued $250 million in, in tax credits. Well, I'll start looking at what do we get in return. You know, that means, you know, close to a billion dollars gets spent in Louisiana. Yeah. I mean, I think they figured it uh, generated $776 million in household yeah, I, income. I saw that number this morning, as a matter of fact. So that So your response to the argument that it doesn't, we don't get the return on investment for what we're losing. And again, let's go back to measuring sticks. So how okay. do we how do we measure this? I mean, again, you can argue all day long about what is the correct economic multiplier, you know, because we talk about the ripple effect. A dollar mm-hmm. gets spent here and then it gets turns around and gets spent somewhere else, gets spent somewhere else, you know. And each time that generates taxes. Okay. And so it all depends on like what is your multiplier. I mean, sure. you know, and again, there's lots of arguments about what that, that multiplier should be. Um, but bigger than that. What, what we're doing right now is looking at, okay, what did the state give out in tax credits versus what they think went back to the state treasury, okay? Here's the thing. You're measuring just that, just the state. You're not measuring what goes into East Baton Rouge Parish coffers. You're not mm-hmm. measuring what goes into Orleans Parish. You're not measuring what goes into Caddo Parish. Now, look, I'm, I'm the first one to say that I'm not sure that that system is, is terrific because, again, if you're not getting film activity, you might not be getting the benefit, okay? And that's where a lot of people are, and I even have questions about that. It's like, what what is the 
how does that formula work? I mean, and you're about as qualified a person to answer that. You, you've got these tax credits that are available that are sitting here. And the other side of it is you have to spend money to get the benefit of the tax credit. Mm-hmm. But is the formula constructed in a way where the state is always in a pretty good position if money is spent or is it too out there in the in the nebulous about what's going to happen oh i'll tell you what i like it you know because if somebody buys a tax credit yeah. i mean let, let's say it is your dentist and okay. he buys a, he, he buys these tax credit, he offsets what he was going to pay the state the money that he saved he might put back into the economy maybe mm-hmm. he goes out and he buys a bass boat you right, know right i mean it's money that he would not have and again this comes down to that, your economic philosophy sure are we better off having that money sitting in the state treasury are we better off that being in local people's pockets, mm-hmm. you know, and, and local businesses? I'm always and, about and, people keeping money. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's, it's really just really, it comes down to your economic philosophy. Do you think that the money is better spent by the state or is that money better spent by the taxpayer? Right. Okay. okay so now based upon what the legislature has done, mm-hmm. how does that impact your industry? So it's all about competition. You know, I mean, we're competing against Canada mm-hmm. and Canada is the beast right now. And, and a lot of that has to do with the exchange rate. I mean, Canadian dollars, like 80 cents on the dollar. That's right. Know? I mean, so that's strong. Yeah. And then the, on the fact that they've got these incentives that are actually greater than Louisiana, they mm-hmm. have these stackable credits and well, it's tough to compete against that. Great Britain. Uh, my goodness. You know, that's, that's the real, I saw that in an article about the UK doing this. They are killing it. You know, again, they have really strong incentives yeah. and, um, and they've also got infrastructure and crew and you name it. I mean, uh, you know, very aggressive, uh, system that they have there. Georgia. I mean, Georgia is now Saw Georgia as well. Yeah, they've been our big competitor, and we've kind of been on par with. They're like, we're, are we fourth and they're third? Is it Canada, the UK, Georgia, and then us, and outside of LA? Or how does that ranking work? You know, I think it's probably California, New York, Canada, okay, uh, Great Britain, uh, Georgia, right, and Louisiana. I think we're probably sixth now. Um, so, and when you, and you're talking about the com- the competition between. Um, you know, us and other places and based upon, because I want to go back to what the legislature has done Mm -hmm. specifically since this has been discussed and this is going back to the beginning of the session, even before there has been talk about this. Yeah. Now that it has come to fruition, what are people in the industry saying? We are now less competitive. I mean, that's the bottom line is that we are less competitive now than we were two months ago. Have projects been pulled or has, uh, you know, speculative projects been pulled? Yeah, I think there were some knee-jerk reactions at first. When okay. people looked at it, they said, oh, my gosh, you know, yeah. um, you know, again, it called into question the value of a credit. You know, am I going to be able to sell this? Because, if they, again, if, if you don't want to be that taxpayer who gets caught on the wrong side of, right. uh, of, of the, the cap, okay? Well, the nice thing is this, is that we have some pretty smart people in government and uh, LED and uh, Department of Revenue. Stephen Moray. Yeah, and yeah. Tim Barfield. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, again, they came up with rules that's yeah. like, okay, well, let's let's – Let's make sure that we minimize the damage to taxpayers and to the industry um, by by drafting favorable rules. And so, again, some of the things they, they've done, um, you know, there's this really kind of um, 
tough yeah. salary cap that got put on there. In addition to this annual cap, there was a salary cap. Well, they interpreted it to be a little more favorable to uh, film production. That made us a little more competitive, and so that brought some projects back. Um, just looking at the grand scheme of things, when you're talking about $180 million per year, I mean, again, it was exacerbated by the fact that there was a buyback. The state will yeah. actually buy these credits back. If you can't find a taxpayer who will yeah. buy them, the state will buy them back for $0.85 cents on the dollar. Yeah. Well, the state suspended that for a year. Yep. And so, you know, again, made a lot of people nervous. But they also started thinking about it. So let's be honest. If you're in New York, it could take you two years to be able to realize your, your credits. You right. Know? So they said, so let's say that the, again, the, the buyback comes back July 1st, 2016, which mm-hmm. is what it's in, in the law. That's mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Um, that's kind of the worst you could do is that. 85 cents on the dollar starting July 1st, 2016. I mean, again, if you have to wait a year, that's not the end of the world. When people right. realize that's not the end of the world, then they start saying, okay, well, maybe it's not so bad here. So maybe it won't be as devastating to the industry as some were saying, because there was a lot of chicken little going on after the, it, after the session. The sky is falling. The it, sky is falling. It you was, know? And, and they'll tell you that um, a back-end cap like that is actually worse than an, a front-end cap, an issuance cap, you mm-hmm. know, because what they want is just to make sure that their credits are still right have value and this know? has retroactive impact it it you know the way it was written again thank god for the department of revenue and mm-hmm. tim barfield because the way it was written it almost looked like everything that goes back to 2009 and they said no that's not really what it says here you know okay. and they said it's really july 1st anything that gets qualified after july 1st okay of, of this, this year, year. Yeah, okay exactly so now what about the workforce because i've had questions about that for movies that come here and i just introduced you to a young lady who's interning here at my office who's a recent college grad she graduated in film and there has been discussion about the workforce from high level jobs in film production to grips to camera people to audio people to just you know assistance and techs on Set. I have wondered, do we have the workforce here to attract big productions or are they having to bring people in, transplant people in from other states who've had a longer history of training people for film? Yeah, up to this point, um, you know, it's been a challenge I mean, for us to meet demand. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, again, these projects come in and we just sometimes we run out of crew. You yeah. Know? I mean, there are union reasons behind that. I mean, you know, sometimes it's tough to get into the union are tougher than it should be. Um, and we just don't have the workforce, okay? And so they have to bring in people from out of state in order to do it. But again, over time, and that's the neat thing about Louisiana, is that you can go further faster here. You sure. can actually like start off as a PA, you know, mm-hmm. and a few years later, you're a producer or something. You but know? I, but yeah. I don't want to move too quickly away from that. Yeah. When you say it's it, we don't have it now, I, I want to drill down on why. We've been doing this for 10 years. Yeah. And we it, and, you know, we've got colleges all over Louisiana. Some say we've got too many colleges here in Louisiana. We know that uh, LSU and BRCC and Southern have been involved here with Celtic. And I'm not just talking about Celtic. I mean, statewide. Why haven't we seen in two year and in 10 years where you've had a couple of graduation cycles, more of a workforce of people here now? Why are there still so many people being transported in from other places? Well, you know, again, when you look at a production, you I mean you've got what I call chiefs and Indians. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean, there's only yeah. you only need a few chiefs on right. each show, and you need a lot more Indians. Right. You know, and um, again, we don't have a 
what we call a bona fide big film school here. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have a, a, something like USC has. We don't have yeah. something like they have at UCLA or, or let's say, uh, University of Texas even. Yeah. University of, uh, uh, I mean, Florida State. I mean, have they have excellent film schools. Sure. Okay. LSU doesn't have that. I mean, we have uh, a program. I think it's almost like a minor uh, mm-hmm. that, that you can get. But I don't know that we have a major and we don't have a school that's dedicated to this. And I know that's something they are working on right now. Is it cost um, prohibitive to do that? I mean, w- if you have the school, will they come, I guess, is what I'm asking. Well, and the funny thing is that a film school is actually a huge moneymaker for your university. Okay. Okay. You can, people will pay more to go to film school. Okay. And you almost use that film school to subsidize other programs, you know. Really? <laughs> so you do that. So why hasn't that, again, in 10 years, why haven't we come to that point yet? I mean, it seems like when you're talking about this from a businessman's approach, yeah. it would be a, a reasonable, reasonable, rational part of your plan to provide a service. You have to have a workforce to meet the demand when the demand comes. Right. And if you don't have the workforce, then you stagnate the demand because people say, I'd love to do it. You guys don't have the people to staff it. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I think it's just fractured. I mean, you've got okay. you've got a little bit of like activity going on. Let's say at Bossier Parish Community College, you right. might have something going on here at BRCC. Mm-hmm. You might have the UNO film firm. Mm-hmm. You might. Mm-hmm. Have, it's all kind of fractured, you know. And I don't know that uh, enough um, effort and time has been put into really kind of coalescing to that together. Bringing it together exactly. That's and, and tough say, in Louisiana, man. It, it is. You know, we don't do a lot of that for some crazy reason. There isn't rea- There isn't a working relationship. Sometimes we're short sighted in Louisiana. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we, we're not thinking long term, right. you know, strategy here. And that's what's finally started to happen. I mean, they actually passed something in 2013 called the Entertainment Industry Development Advisory Commission. Mm-hmm. And, and so they finally started talking about, OK, how do we number one, how do we start making this more of a self-sustaining industry where we're not so dependent upon tax credits? You know, right. how do we make it so that we could improve the ROI of, of the program? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we get to where we are training our workforce, you know, and, and meeting demand and. Um, you know, and, and a lot of those suggestions ended up in legislation. And unfortunately, this session was a bad killer session where yeah. they, they passed a bill with two minutes left on the clock without really any debate right. or thought. And some of the stuff that's in there, it's actually a huge expansion. Yeah. You know, I mean, they added a 15% tax rate. And you were asking me earlier, like, is Celtic ever going to get into the business of making our own movies? I mean, I don't know. You have to look at what they did. It's now a 45% tax credit if you own the property if you mm-hmm. want, if you have the copyright of the script and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know i mean that's substantial i think it's crazy you know and i don't know that it's going to last forever i think right. yeah, i think they'll come back in the next session and say okay that was a little too generous you know um, yeah i think the, the this session was so confusing because we had what people thought was a billion dollar budget shortfall it was actually closer to two billion dollars and we kind of used old scotch tape <laughs> and outdated super that's, glue to hold it together. That's right. It's held together by chewing gum. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's, it's bad all the way around for so, your, for your colleagues who run facilities uh, like yours, obviously not similar in size here in Louisiana, but for the people around the state, what were y'all saying to each other when the session was going on? You know, from my perspective, I get it. I, I, you know, again, I know enough about government. You need to have a cap. You mm-hmm. need to have a number that the legislature can budget around every year. You know, I mean, and and some of us, the smart ones of us in the industry, were just like, you know what, that's fine. Let's sure. just let's let's find out what that number is that mm-hmm. makes sense for us. You know, and you know, unfortunately, there were some who fought it. It's like, well, we can't have a cap. We can't yeah. have a cap. And we're just like, why? Are, why are you? You know, you're not. Could you realize there's rational. still people who believe the film industry still got away 
with a hell of a lot more than just a sandwich that the, the film industry got away with a lot. A hundred million dollars is going to still be given away. But again, it's not necessarily given away because it's contingent upon what is spent. That's that's right. You know, I, I likened it to like uh, surgery. Well, how, how, let's let's go back. I mean, they everybody was asked to take a haircut. Yeah. You know, and so they said, you guys have got to take a haircut. And so the industry actually said, OK, here's a bunch of ways that you guys can improve ROI. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here are some things that we're willing to give on that would keep us competitive. And, and, and so we had a haircut plan that we yeah. that we went to them with. Well, that haircut along the way turned into, oh, we're going to need to take a kidney. <laughs> okay. And so, then, and then let's say that we woke up, you know, yeah. the, the day after session and it's kind of like we were missing both kidneys. Wow. And worse than that, we, we had breast implants. I mean, they, we had what I call it. Seriously. <laughs> there's uh, somebody working on a film set with the description, uh, descriptive thing there. Go yeah. ahead. Well, yeah, a facelift, breast implants, <laughs> what, what I call unnecessary enhancements. Yeah. They did things in that bill that they didn't have to do yeah. for whatever reason. You know, again, they Emotion. did debate this. Yeah. I mean, they said, well, we're trying to help the indigenous local filmmakers. It's like, well, that's great. But don't you realize that anybody could take advantage of some of the stuff that you put in here? That's exactly I right. I don't think the state of Louisiana needs to give 50% tax credits on anything. Right. You know? I mean, I, 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 I'm you know, with you on that. I mean, and, and this is coming from the industry guy. Right. You right, know? right. So in my opinion, we need to go back in and fix that in the next session it's going to take the next governor is that's the bottom line is that we need a new governor to come in and fix this well most of these guys i guess get it jay darden has been a very big friend to the industry i would imagine as lieutenant governor uh he's gone around the country to talk with you know people in different places trying to get them to louisiana he authored the original legislation that's exactly right he did do that i remember a couple of years ago when swamp people really kind of hit its stride they're up in new york and and I remember talking to Troy Landry about that. And it, everybody was amazed at the success that the show had gotten. And a big part of it was the beauty shots right. of Louisiana. Well, that's what Jay has picked up on. And it's the truth that it has a real impact on tourism. You know, yeah. when, when people are you know, on the other side of the country, the other side of the globe, and, the, and they see you know, NCIS New Orleans or... Maybe it's Swamp People. Maybe it's Duck Dynasty. They say, yeah. you know what? That's an interesting place. Let's yeah. go. Let's go visit. You know, uh, uh, Swamp People alone. A great example. The Atchafalaya. Oh man, is now a hot spot. Yes, it you is. Know? I mean, you know, Dad and his kid are watching somebody. You know, hauling in alligators and like. Dad, can I go see that? I want to go see that. And Dad decides to book a trip to Lafayette. And the food's great, so you can't miss that. So a couple of other questions here, because uh, I, I want to go back to some of the production. Okay. And I'm sure these are questions that people have asked you before, but I, I want to get into them on the show here. The weirdest celebrity when you got a chance to either see them or be near them was who? Weirdest. Oh, or or I, let's, I, not, I let's, not, let's, not, let's not use the word weird. <laughs> let's say the most eccentric eccentric um gosh you know again there, come on there's man there's certain things dish, that i can't dish. oh no that, yeah, no yeah. don't go any don't, i can't i can't blow studio protocol on something so i will say this I don't go any place you can't go here, because i got the other side of the coin too here's but. what here's a funny one is that right. um there's a you know who ryan philippi is uh yeah you know, if, yeah. You know yeah. reese witherspoon's yeah. uh, ex-husband yeah you know so he was in Baton Rouge for a long time, yeah. you know, and uh, we just got to know him. He's just Ryan, you yeah. know, and, and uh, he would come and he'd tailgate with us at LSU games, you know, and then it got kind of ridiculous for him because all these women would want to come up and get their picture taken with him. So sometimes he'd have to kind of put his hat down low and his sunglasses on and sneak off and then he'd come back, you know, but I mean, there were stories back then of him hanging out with Zach Mettenberger. I mean, yeah. it was all these, yeah. I mean, that was yeah. great stories that you heard about after the you fact. You got to love you know? the town. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, some people, some of these guys really are down to earth, nice, genuine sure, people when sure. you get to know them. You know, so he's not going to tell us who the most eccentric or the weirdest is. You know, he, he's he's going to hide behind protocol. Well, I'll, no, no. I'll say this: Ryan was hanging out at Bogies quite a bit, which is was something he? I haven't done in, <laughs> and he's my age. Okay, <laughs> all right. So, someone that you found to be the most down to earth, even though they had been in the business for as long as they had. Oh goodness! Um, they were they were much more approachable than you thought, seeing as how they had been such a major star, male or female. You know, when I met Tom Cruise, um, I mean, just very nice, personable guy. You know, but it's almost you know that feeling you get when you meet a politician. Yeah, you know, it's like this guy has shaken thousands so many hands, of hands. Yeah. You know, and and so. It's like, you know, it, you know that they're trying to make you feel special, but you know that you're just, you know. Just yeah, another just, person. Just then I got to thousands you. of people who. What was Morgan Freeman like? I never met Morgan to be Freeman. Because he be was here for Oblivion, right? He was. You know, and a lot of people I know would see him. Uh, he used to eat breakfast in the uh, Renaissance Hotel. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, every morning. And but he's a Southerner. He's from Mississippi, I believe. So. I don't think you ever hear a mean word said about Morgan Freeman. The guy is one yeah. of the most cerebral actors out there. He's one of those lovable guys from, from yeah. you know, from all indications and everything you hear. I'll tell you who everybody's in love with right now. And uh God, he might actually hear this because he's still in town is Chris Pratt, you know. Oh no, that's good. He the, the truth is you're right. I mean I hear nothing but great things about the well, guy. Well just so down to earth from all the stories that you hear. I mean look he, he goes frog gigging with the Robertsons, you know, <laughs> if in, uh, in I mean he's been there's pictures of him there's a, it's like, you know, how do you put a price tag on this? There's a photo of him bass fishing, uh, you know, near Jackson, Louisiana. Right. And he's holding up the he's holding up the bass and it says, I love Louisiana. And he puts that on Instagram and Twitter and it's everywhere. You can't and it's just that. like, how, you know, again, I mean, if the state offered the guy a million dollars. Well, you know, the thing is, for so many actors and actresses who make it. Yeah. It's hard. Because millions of people want those spots. Yeah. Hundreds of them get them. Right. And for so many of them, they get it. You, you hear a lot of them in interviews talk about how they sacrificed sleeping in cars, right. being homeless, not having a dime to their name, mm-hmm. and then getting an opportunity. And they always remembered it. And I think it's the classic American story that the only thing that keeps you going is your dream. Yeah. No, it's just like anything else. Sometimes it goes to your head. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't. I mean, obviously, it hasn't gone to Chris Pratt's head. If, no. he's, if he's holding up a bass, you yeah. know. Uh, Quite it, frankly, I think money, celebrity, and alcohol are all the same. They don't change people. They just generally re- reveal what's already there. <laughs> that's a, you, you that's know? a good point. You know? yeah. I mean, look, I, my job sometimes is more about politics than production. Sure. You know, I mean, uh, fortunately, that was the reality this year. And, um, you know, some of the politicians I've met are just some of the nicest, most personable people you'll ever mm-hmm. meet. And you realize that's how they got elected because everybody loves them because they're such good people. Man. But, and then you meet some that it's the complete opposite. Oh, uh, incredible <laughs> douchebags. You know, I remembered the first time I met Edwin Edwards. Uh-huh. And I just thought this, this this is why the guy's been governor so many times, because he never meets a stranger. Right. And then a guy like Mike Foster, who was just down to earth. Mike wanted to hunt, fish and ride his motorcycle. That's it. And, you, you know, somebody like Jay Darden, who drives himself around. Jay doesn't have an entourage. He, you know, he's just he is who he is. Right. As opposed to the new age politician that has an entourage of 30 people. It's like, dude, you're in the legislature of Louisiana. Yeah. Calm down, right? right? 
So, you know, I think it comes down to one word sometimes it's entitlement. Yeah. You know I mean? Some people yeah. just have this entitlement mentality where yeah. they feel like they're owed something and because they've done something, they're owed a certain right. amount of respect or whatever. Nobody's owes you anything. You're owed you know? something. All right. It's at the end of my boot. <laughs> That's what you're owed. Yeah. So Patrick, I appreciate you coming on, man. I'd love to get you to come back. You know, we're going to do a few of these on location. I'd love to come out and do one with you as we walk around the, uh, the facility over there. Absolutely. You know, I, speaking of being owed something, I'd love to come get another tour over there it's been a couple of years i owe you that much absolutely i'm more than happy i'll even give you a celtic hat and a t-shirt there you go all right now we're working on something okay folks patrick mulhern the guy who runs the celtic movie studio here in baton rouge pat thanks again brother always a pleasure clay at Infinity of Baton Rouge and Infinity of Lafayette, there are not only phenomenal brand new cars and SUVs, there's also a great selection of pre-owned cars and trucks, John. Absolutely. We always have a huge selection of cars, trucks, vans, SUVs mm-hmm. at both locations, right. Infinity and uh, Baton Rouge and in Lafayette. You know, Again, if you find yourself in the pre-owned market, and more people are in that market than the new car market. That's right. We have all price ranges starting, you know, probably in, in the 5000 range on mm-hmm. up to our certified Infinities. Check with us first. Right. Go online. Yeah. Call us. We always have a fresh supply of inventory coming in all the time. Rates are low on, on pre-owned cars. Warranties are high. <laughs> And so it's, it's just a great alternative. If you're in the market, check us out. Infinity of Baton Rouge and Infinity of Lafayette. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show. Patrick's a pretty good guy. He knows his stuff. He's passionate about film here. Just kind of someone who saw an opportunity, took it, and look at where he is now. He's a really down-to-earth guy. And you can see pictures of Patrick on our Facebook page. We always, well, we try to at least post photos of some of the guests who are here in studio with us on The Clay Young Show. All right, our guest next week is going to be Stephanie Regal, who is the executive editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report. Now, the Business Report is based in Baton Rouge, but they talk about lots that are going on in the region around Baton Rouge and what's happening in the state. It's a great publication filled with information, and I think you're going to enjoy our conversation with her as we talk about her background, a little bit about where the Capital Area region is headed, where Louisiana is headed, and where the money is. That's next week on The Clay Young Show here on Podcast225.com. Hopefully you guys have a fantastic rest of your day, no matter where you are or where you're listening to us. We appreciate you listening. Hopefully we're serving you well. Tell your friends about us. Podcast225.com and on iTunes. Have a great one. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.